Hey, welcome to the Vine Church Podcast. We know you're going to be blessed as you listen to this amazing word today. Sit back and enjoy. Michael. Did you spot the guy? Um, might have been wearing something similar, dancing a bit ridiculously like that. <laughs> For those of you who don't know that, it uh, was a clip from uh, our little holiday to Sydney, Hillsong, Australia, and Isaac, my son, was there. Leading worship as part of the college event going on, so I'm really quite proud of that, so bless you. There's another one. I just want to show you one more just to get you a feel and a flavor. Um, th- that was uh, one of the chapel events. This is the men's event on Thursday morning. Just like his dad. Brilliant, eh? Thanks, guys. Yeah, great fun and great to see. You. And um, this morning, I want to tell you a little bit about our visit uh, to Isaac and Hillsong College, Sydney, Australia. It was a trip of a lifetime, uh, and uh, God spoke very much to us while we were there on, ma- on many fronts. And I want to share that with you today. Um, the background and just just to say before I really get into this uh, good to be back uh, good to see new faces and old faces nice to have Gregor back first time after his op a long time back great to have Gregor and Jean and nice to meet you Bob too and a family from Hungary lovely uh, Douglas and uh, 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 yes <laughs> as well so bright to have you guys and uh, guests and friends it's great to be back as part of a family it really is so um, good to be home Let's see if I can work these slides. So, first slide there, uh, Robert. Um, The title of my talk this morning is Lead the Charge, and it is a report back from Hillsong College, Australia. Uh, We uh, flew into uh, Sydney, and within two hours, we were in a church service. Um, We'd traveled for 24 hours, and uh, Isaac was keen to get us right in there. And uh, it was the 40th um, celebration of the campus that Isaac um, um, is ser- uh, serving in and, and uh, where the college is hosted. Uh, 40 years since it opened. Uh, so in that time, Hillsong have just exploded in numbers and size and in influence across the, the, you know, the contemporary Christian world, really. Uh, they've got uh, thousands and thousands of um, people coming to church uh, in Australia and um, campuses uh, all over the country there, but also Sydney, uh, rather also New York, 
Los Angeles, London, uh, all over the world, Paris, Kiev, uh, Hillsong Church is uh, beginning to show something uh, remarkable, I think. And I believe there's a move of God that it's um, a part of and uh, influencing. And that move of God seems to just flow from the very throne room of God itself. And uh, what Michael was sharing this morning in terms of the scripts of the Holy Spirit, it's very much characterized by praise and worship coming to the fore. And that's something that's very much um, been on our hearts and our, our uh, messages of the last wee while to lead with worship. And to, seeing, to see what's going on out there was really insightful. We, we had a couple of days in Sydney, then a couple of weeks holiday and came back and uh, had a week in the college, really. Isaac, the college started again. We went along to his classes and really got behind the scenes of what was going on and met lots of people and asked lots of questions. Really wanted to understand the heart of what was happening there. Uh, and it was so encouraging, so exciting, and meeting lots of people. Um, it really is just uh, so, so amazing to see so many young people coming across, laying down their lives to... Uh, uh, learn and train to be pastors, to be worship leaders, to um, learn how to minister in the church of God. And very much the vision is for these people who are coming. And there's about a thousand in the college at the moment, um, hundreds coming new each semester. And they're encouraged to go back to their local church and lead the charge, lead the charge for the kingdom of God in this new generation, leading the charge against all the anger and hatred and bitterness that we see rising up, against the, 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 the hurting and, and the, the injustices of the world. And to meet those people face to face and, and hear what's going on was really exciting. It does feel like there's an army rising up over there that's been called out to lead the charge back. And it's just a great to think that I'm so proud, of course, that Isaac is in the midst of that but I'm absolutely convinced that it's here too. The river is here. The river is flowing right here, right now. And each one of us has the opportunity to lead the charge, to get involved, to be influencers. And it's happening. We're, I see it before my eyes with people in this congregation. And over the years, we've been part of the moves of God. We've seen um, the Toronto Blessing in the, in the 90s when Jimmy led us out to Canada. And we saw that outpouring of refreshing of the Holy Spirit in those days. And then we saw the G12 movement from Colombia, uh, a structure and a, a focus and a, and a passion that, that, that really helped us. And then I see this move of God uh, taking hold of both those things. It, it, it's, it seems to drive excellence in what church is doing, but it's full of joy full of passion, full of worship, full of love, full of humility. And I, I do have a sense that this is the, the move um, of God that is, is, you know, maybe even in the last days, maybe even we're seeing something coming. It's just the words of Jesus at the well. Uh, the Father is seeking worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. This living water will flow up and, and become a, a river to eternal life that will satisfy people. That This river that we're, the Holy Spirit is pouring out upon us, that is, is just flowing across the nations, the antidote to the pain and the suffering and the confusion in the world. 
and it's absolutely beautiful. And that's what I want to share a little bit about today. And um, listening to the sermons the last couple of weeks, great to hear the courage that um, Craig talked about from Destiny Church. We see that river flowing there. Eight services, I think, they talked about in Glasgow. Anybody at the, the service a couple of weeks ago caught that message? Brilliant, brilliant message. Be courageous to take the next step. And Jimmy last week talking about the spark, the same thing after his years of ministry, his um, uh, conclusion is that it's the spark, it's the Holy Spirit, it's praise and worship that is the key to uh, unlocking the, the, the blessings of God in our life and in this nation. And this move is very much uh, seeking to do that, I believe, and God is doing that. And it's, and it's wonderful, wonderful to see. Just uh, the sli- pictures up there, some of the slides, they've got buses all over the place, um, driving people into to church services, multiple services over the weekends. Welcome home, that's the sort of foyer in one of the, in the, the campus that Isaac's at, sit in uh, the hills. Jesus, hope for humanity is their sort of strap line that is everywhere. And uh, you'll see it's, it's, it's um, very much uh, reflected in all, all the campuses across the world. They're, they're very good at um, replicating what they do and do it well. Very organized, very leading in excellence. But a great heart behind it, a great love behind it, and that's what I discovered there. Times are refreshing. We talked about the beginning of the year. I had no idea. Times are refreshing. Could be as good as what we had here. Indulge me a minute. This is, we're family here, I hope, and uh, not just the holiday snaps, but just, just beautiful places. You might recognize some of those, and um, we had a brilliant time, but times are refreshing. I was thinking about Sam. Uh, 103 all the time. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies you with your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And uh, I always thought times are refreshing where like, you know, got to pray more and do stuff more and be more religious, and be more holy. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like that. At least it was for us. It was amazing. We saw the most beautiful places in the world, had the best time in the world, met kangaroos and stuff, um, koala bears. Beautiful. God is good. God is good. This, it, it, the life of God that he offers, the desires of your heart. I didn't even know I wanted this stuff. I didn't even know I cared about praise and worship. And I didn't when I first came to the Lord 30 years ago or something like that. And God's birthed something in my heart. And uh, uh, seeing it fulfilled throughout the generations is just wonderful. Great, great days. But what's the key? What is the characteristic or what, what, what is the thing that manages to move people, move us, move you and me, from the place of maybe spectating or sitting in the edges to leading the charge. Many of us, are, of course, are already leading the charge, but we need encouraged about that, and we need to invite others into that place of confidence and assurance that they're ready for this. And the, God spoke to me about this so much th- through the holiday, and there was a key scripture and the Gospel of John, um, John 1, introduces Jesus that we're singing about this morning beautifully. Introduces Jesus as the light of the world, as the, the Word of God, the Word made flesh. 
very much introducing the divinity of the man Jesus Christ, that he was the Son of God, and through him all things were created, it says. But when God came in human form to the world, we didn't recognize him. We didn't, they didn't see that this was God. How could God look like you and I? Surely God was much more magnificent, much more powerful, much more wonderful. But here was this guy with a beard, and he just did stuff, and he was a joiner. And how could this be God? They didn't recognize Jesus as the Son of God. And I know for me, I didn't recognize Jesus as the Son of God for the first 20 years of my life. He was a name. He was something in the Bible, but I had no idea who he really was and what he was about. And, and I'm sure many of you will identify with that journey of beginning to recognize who Jesus really is. But it says in John uh, 9 to 13, yet to all who did receive him, all those who do receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. How does it feel to think that you have the right, you have the right, that you have the right to become a child of God? How amazing, how wonderful, how extraordinary that concept is, that prospect is, that don't want to get too detailed here, but this illustration of Isaac up there, I'm not suggesting he's the son of God or the light of the world, but he's, no, he's close. Um, uh, he's up there because he's obviously the, the son of my flesh. He was born as best anybody can be as a decision of a husband's will. And I had ambitions for him to be taller than me, stronger than me, faster than me, quicker than me, smarter than me, better looking than me. More, you know, you just want to see good things reflected in your children, don't you? That they follow you wherever you go and do what you do is a beautiful thing and it's so encouraging. Isaac is the son of my flesh. God did something in my heart over the years to love, praise, and worship that wasn't there before I took up my right to become a child of God. And that experience of music and worship and praise, backed up by a life of something that hopefully aligns with the words we sing on a Sunday. What I see in Isaac, I may have wanted him to go and play football for Liverpool or become a star racing driver 
or something like that. And I would have been delighted. But I could never imagine he would make a decision to follow, to go to the other ends of the world, to become a worship leader. The desire of my heart is to lead people into worship. We had went to the conference in Hillsong, London, a couple of years back. We went to a morning seminar, and the preach was about what name does God have for you? And Isaac said that I believe God was saying, I want you to be an usher of God's presence. You are an usher of God's presence, Isaac. And it was a great prophetic word. Within the hour, we'd gone to a seminar in the college, and he'd made the decision that if he was going to fulfill that name, that God-given name, as a child of God, he was going to go to the ends of the earth to find out how to do it. And, and he's continued on that journey, and it's been wonderful to see. But I recognize now that not just the son of my flesh, but Isaac's the son of my heart, my very heart. What God has put there, that spiritual, supernatural birthing of the Holy Spirit, Isaac somehow has captured that, and it's gone. And it's just, I hope, some illustration of what the difference is between being the son of your human descendants and the son of God, a child of God. It's a spiritual thing. And Jesus himself explained it. He said, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And he was asked, how can anyone be born again? In John 3, 3 to 6, surely they cannot enter a second time into the mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. To take up your right as a child of God, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to take this decision to believe in Jesus. And that river that um, extends into heaven and extends into eternity will flow through us and flow in us. Isn't that just incredible, wonderful, supernatural, and we're in the midst of that river. Praise the Lord. Maybe we just give the Lord an applause for his goodness, for his amazing, um, beautiful uh, promises. You have the right to be a child of God. And it has implications for your life. To take up that right means you will have a better past. How many of you enjoy a bit of genealogy, looking at your past, your family history? What's that program on TV? Uh, who, who, who am I? Who do you think you are? Yeah, and uh, celebrities go and find out who their generation's past were. I guess you're always looking for a hero or a villain that you can say or you reflect somehow down into. And of course, our parents have a great influence on in who we are in terms of, you know, uh, upbringing, but, but also, I guess, DNA is increasingly recognized as someone. Somewhere back there in the line, you wonder, how did this family become rich and own land, and how did this family um, become full of just uh, lost and broken? And It's interesting to look back, but of course, when you become a child of God, your past, you're giving a better past. Your past is no longer just your physical past. You have a spiritual past going all the way back through to the history of the church where the promises of God have been held and passed on right to Jesus himself, that you go back to finding your roots and in your upbringing and in your background that there is a, a man who died and rose again and came to life in your heritage, in your DNA. And if he rose from the grave, 
so will you as we're singing in hill songs. And that is the heritage we have, not just about who our parents are, who determine what we look like, but our spiritual health and growth and life comes right the way from Jesus himself. That's what it means to become a child of God. Full of praise and wonder. You have a better past. So whatever your past is, you have a new past. You can have a new past when you become a child of God. Our identity is completely changed into a new basis and a new background. You have a purposeful present. You can say lots of things. We can preach all day about every aspect of these stages. But in our present, we have a calling, a purpose, a ministry. We're called to be part of the family of God. We're called to have uh, the opportunity to influence others. We're called to make nations, make disciples of all nations. We immediately have purpose. We immediately have reason for living. And we have a glorious future to look forward to, no longer just limited to the flesh and bones that we have that will fade out and die, return to dust. But our spirit, our spirit rises into eternity, into the presence of God forever and ever. That is the hope and the heritage and the legacy of being a child of God, being, having the rights of a child of God are infinite and wonderful and is life transforming. And it's that sense of believing that I saw in the kids in Hillsong, the young people in Hillsong, and the church in Hillsong. And I see it here today that I, the more we get this, the more we understand where we really come from, where we're really going, what our spiritual destiny is, that we're spiritual people. God is spirit, and he's looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. Releasing the spirit and being filled with the spirit is the hope of the world. And that's the move of God I believe I'm seeing right here in a saw in an epicenter uh, in Sydney. I don't know if you can see all that. We met lots of great young people there and older people in the college. Um, his flat, Isaac's flatmates, uh, Aaron from Hawaii there, we saw for the first time busking in the street. A lot of them were busking, just singing, using their skills. He was like unbelievably good, just in a public place, earning money. Isaac's hoping to do that. It's one of his ambitions to practice. Uh, to get better at uh, singing and engaging with an audience. Sarah from Sydney, Alan from Brazil, Isaac, another Isaac from Denver, Joel from Switzerland, Daniel from Adelaide, Hayden from Mississippi, Chloe from, guess where, Aberdeen, and Jasmine from Aberdeen. Three Scots there at least. Wonderful to meet them. They just started. Emmanuel and Joy from Milan. I don't think... They've got their son Leo with them, still going through college. Unbelievable. Italians, beautiful. Mikael from Heimberg, Isaac's flatmate. Luke from Basingstoke. Eric from Texas. Those are the three flatmates. Beautiful, wonderful uh, guys. AJ from Brisbane, Daniel from Cumberland. Just a few of the people I met, and each one I eyeballed and talked to. And um, what, trying to understand what was going on in their lives that caused them to want to do this, make this decision. And see, I don't know if you can read it, but one of the guys I spoke to had this tattoo that he showed me. I, th I think you can read it. Uh, are the things you are living for worth Christ dying for? What works in a man's heart to have that tattooed 
permanently on their arm. What has gone on? And I was intrigued to know. And the bit of the story was that um, this young guy is a Christian, but um, didn't really know. Well, had two ideas what he wanted to do with his life. Join the forces. Um, he was an American. Join the forces or go to Hillsong College. Sign up and go into battle and die by the time he's 20. Or go to Hillsong College. Either of those two options were fine. He didn't have a long-term life plan. He almost had a death wish. That, that's what he was going to do in his training to go to the army um, and getting fit. But God, obviously, he said and testified, had different plans. God had different plans. He had a bike crash, motorbike crash, loved motorbikes, got hit on his leg, broke his leg or something, and then that wasn't enough. He had another bike crash, still trying to get through to the Marines and apply, and another bike crash off his bike this time, broken his back, he's got stuff in his back and his spine, and he's, he's broken, he's dead, he's gone, his body is wrecked, um, couldn't really walk, couldn't get around, no chance of getting the medical through to join the army now. So he said, oh well, got some college then. Hadn't been accepted, but flew across anyway. I think he had a friend there, a contact there, that was the link. Um, and arrived, still not having been accepted, st still very much in pain, addicted to the um, painkillers that he'd been given to deal with and hardly able to walk. That night, his testimony was that he, all the new people get together in the college at semester, they prayed for him. The next day, he was completely healed physically of the pain and of the um, breakages in his his back and his leg. He was healed and he's walking and he's rejoicing to this day that God did something. Give the Lord an applause, please. I know sometimes it's hard to believe, but I, I eyeballed this guy, heard this story face to face, saw the tattoo on his hands. Just an amazing example of what God is doing. But let me tell you that he's still battling with depression, with other issues. He, he, he's wonderful guy and I think he's probably going to be one of the most influential people for Christ of all the wonderful great people we met because he's weak because he's broken and God uses the weak things of the world to shame the wise he calls those that are not and uses the people for, from the, the lowest places because as a child of God we have new rights and it's not about what we can do physically, who we are historically, who we've come from. It's about our spiritual heritage and background. And beautiful to see, beautiful to see and um, hear these stories and just wonderful, just wonderful. You have great big pizza there as well, by the way. Wonderful. And coming back, and I was asking Lana, what did you get? What happened? And a lot of the sermons we heard and stuff. There's just a few, just a flavor of what does it feel like to be a, walking in the midst of a, as a child of God, capturing this and seeing it. What do you give off? And this is what I got. This is what I felt being around these people. And um, just amazing. What they're talking about, they were being encouraged, they were being preached about. Care about what God cares about. Don't worry about the daily cares of life. Don't be a caretaker, but be a care caster. Cast your cares upon the Lord. And they're being built up and encouraged 
daily, weekly, services in the college, every day, chapel. That was the first one we saw Isaac uh, singing at. Bring all the college guys together and they preach and they build them up with great testimony, encouragement, and get them involved, cheering and leading themselves. It's, it's about being encouraged to take risks for God. We heard a wonderful sermon about not settling for Hebron, but going for Jerusalem like David did, and that all the kids are being encouraged, the young people, to be bold, to believe, to take uh, confidence that as a child of God, you have the ability to see great things, to be full of faith, to believe that God can do things in your life, to believe that God can change your life, to have a sense that, um, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And God is everywhere. And that sense that that God is here right now in the mundane, in the routine, in the normal. One of the top leaders spoke about how she had a word of God about finding a watch. She shared it at the conference. There's a watch. Somebody's lost and it's behind your dresser. It's like, well, where else would it be? It was like, is that a spiritual word of God? But this is what she was saying. And she said, what have I got to say that for? In this, you know, international conference, that's the word of God that God's given me. <gasps> okay, I need people healed. I need people at a wheelchair. But no, no, it was just, there's a watch behind your dresser. And three ladies, it was, I think, at the ladies' conference, testified. Oh, yeah, found it. It's brilliant. It just means so much to me. I thought I lost it forever. Just mundane, really, but God cared. About the fact that these people have lost their watch. <laughs> Bring it God cares about the little things in our lives. And that was very much the message, is that God cares about the detail of your living. He cares about the, as we know, the hairs on our head, what we're doing, our purposes and plans. And that, those young people, I think, are getting that sense that they are significant, they are important, they are viable to God. Their lives are important. And um, just another little anecdote, Sally, highlighted a story that's going on the internet at the moment about a homeless girl who came into a hairdresser, hadn't, you know, hadn't done her hair for, what, like 13 months or something, just nothing, just a mess, just disaster. And she said to the hairdresser, please just cut it off, just, just shave it off. But the hairdresser had a different idea and took 13 hours to get her hair into out of the matting, out of the muck, all the stuff that she'd been sleeping in and for, for months and months, cleaned out, shining, beautiful hair, 13 hours of care that that girl sat. And I'm just seeing that as the heart of God will take that time, will care that much, will do that much to let you know you have the right you have the right, you have the right to become a child of God. That's what Jesus has done for us on the cross. That's the heart of the gospel, to see those that are lost and broken. And that's so much the message that we hear, to look out for those that are, have not, who are broken, who are, who are dirty, and, and um, the ministry that uh, is going on when ch- people get together with this heart is wonderful, absolutely wonderful absolutely wonderful. God cleans us up and makes us beautiful. He makes you and I beautiful. That is the past, the present, and the future that God wants to deal with. Wonderful. And that's the sense I got. 
just being there, just being in that atmosphere, being in that culture, and it's so encouraging. And that is the culture, of course, that we want to have here in our homes, in our churches, in this church. We want to just have that sense that whoever you are, wherever you've been, you can come in and you're welcome and you have the same rights of access to God the Father through Jesus Christ as every single person. There is nobody above, nobody below. In God's eyes, he died for each and every single one of us. We have that right. Here's where it starts. Here's where it starts. If you want to take up your right to become a child of God, you need to be born again. And it's a mystery. I can't explain how that happens. It's a mystery, but it happens and lives are transformed from the inside out when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we take a step of faith. But Paul in Romans 10 explains it as best he can. He says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and say, that's why we make a call, an opportunity every week. Uh, We're going to be doing that, I think, every week. Just so that you know you have the right, and everybody that comes in here has the right to become a child of God. It's easy to take the first step to say those words is easy. It's not about what you've been doing, where you've come from. Just believing in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and confessing it with your mouth that He is Lord is the surrender is all that needed to take hold of that right, that privilege to say, yeah, I want to be a child of God. I want to be a child of God. I'm going to believe in Jesus. They didn't, I didn't recognize you, Jesus. I didn't recognize you, but I'm believing that you are the Son of God, that all life comes from you, that you are the light of the world, and I will worship you in spirit and truth from this day on. But it's just the start. And a child of God grows here. It's not, although we're justified, put right with God in a second by that declaration, as we want to grow as a child of God, it starts here. And the main message, the word of God that the college, the whole college was given for the next semester, which is from now till December, was Ephesians 1.17 which says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And all the college kids were encouraged that brilliant you've come to learn, to study, to get into lectures, to minister, to to train, to get practice. But unless you know the Lord your God more and more and more and more, it means nothing. It means nothing. Unless we're growing in love, and being transformed from the inside out. It doesn't matter how much we know about God. Unless we're personally involved with God, it means nothing. And I love to hear that. I love that. I was so encouraged by that, that we're not just creating an army who are equipped and trained to do something physical, but we're building an army who are filled with love and knowledge and hunger of God. And it's a beautiful move of God that is happening across the world. And there is Isaac who's caught this sense and understanding and he spends every morning up to an hour maybe, I don't know, the time isn't important, but every morning he's caught this every day to spend time in the Word of God 
to spend time in prayer before the Father. And every day when we were on holiday, when we did all our fun stuff, he didn't give up. He didn't stop. Every morning if we were going out for a day trip, he would be up an hour earlier to spend time with God and read the Bible. And people have been asking, what was different about Isaac? And lots, lots of things changed. He's been away a year and a half. He left as a, an 18-year-old. He's now 20. He's a lot more confident. He's a lot more assured, a lot more uh, involved in people. And I think that's a lot to do with the training he's been given, like possibly the, the flesh. <laughs> he's a bit of an introvert, really. And uh, um, I, I still struggle answering the phone and speaking to people on the phone. I just, don't, I just feel uncomfortable. But, uh, I, and Isaac, I could see, was <laughs> of similar attitude. But now I said, oh, I need to make this phone call. I, I, and he picked up and said, oh, and he did it for me. And he was quite just a little thing like that was just different. He was happy to speak on the phone and make some arrangements that I had to do, and that was great. And he's involved and engaged with people on uh, one-to-one. You know, he really takes time to listen and stuff like that. And he, he gets and he says he's tired. You know, after a day at college, he's exhausted. You know, um, partly because it's not almost in his flesh to do it, but his spiritual development is growing, and I see that in him. And he's um, he's also into fashion these days. He's got nudie jeans and short haircuts, but what I'm just thrilled about, what I'm blessed by, what I see is the success, and not just Isaac, but a whole army of young people being raised up to know God better, to know God better, and to express it and have the confidence to know that they've got something to share with those around them. Just beautiful, just beautiful. So that's it. That's my message. That's my word from across the ends of the earth to bring back to you as a church, as family and friends, to encourage you to say you're in the river. You're in the river, church. You're getting to know God more. I'm absolutely convinced that the future we've got is full of hope, full of confidence, that every single one of us have the chance to be pulled off the bench to get onto the park. We want to make that happen more and more. That if we're in that place of spectating that we can no longer spectate. We have to decide, no, no, I'm going to get up. I'm going to lead the charge. I'm going to be part of the charge back into my area of influence, my spheres of influence, my place of work, my home. I'm going to take God's beauty and love and confidence, a new identity, a new hope. Let's just get the band back up. Let's stand together, please. And I know most of you here, I guess, have already made the decision to be and accept your rights as a child of God. But I hope that that sense is growing in you more and more, that who you are, where you've come from, what you've been, is more defined by this truth, this promise that you are a child of God. And I just want to say this prayer with you to either affirm that or if you're saying it for the first time, that's great. Is that slide still there, Robert? If you don't mind just keeping that slide there before we go with Romans 10 on. Let's just pray as directed, as encouraged. Paul's given us an easy way to move forward, but it takes your whole life. When you decide to accept the invitation to become a child of God, the rights that you think you have. You have to lay down your right to go where you want to do, 
to do what you want to do, to say what you want to say, to speak in the way you speak, to behave the way you want. Those rights you lay down to Christ and you pick up this new right to become a child of God. Rather than being a slave of your flesh, you become a slave of your spirit. You start to be able to respond to the spirit growing and influencing you more if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord. So Father in heaven, just even in this moment, in our hearts, we say, Jesus, you are Lord. We recognize that you are the Son of God, come to earth, resurrected and raised from the dead, seated now at the right hand of God, and you are returning one day to bring all things into conclusion. We believe the message of Easter, the message of Christmas. Thank you, Jesus, that you are Lord of all, and I ask you to be Lord of my life, and I invite you into my heart to make this spiritual mystery of being born again, and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Whatever that means and however that works for me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I give you the rest of my life. I lay down my rights that I think I have. I ask you to receive the rights of a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you've said that for the first time, please just let somebody know. Come and let me know. It's an important step, but it's just the first step, as we know. And for those of you who are on this journey already, and I'm sure all of you are, be encouraged to get to that place of relationship with God. Reinvigorate, reinvigor your day. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Even if it's for a minute, even if it's for a second, ask God to bless your plans, to ask you to come, to give you wisdom every day. Get in as best you can to find a way to um, embrace the Word of God more and more and more, to know God, share everything that you're doing with Him. He cares about the detail of your life, and he will, you will find, I believe, opportunities to share and encourage. You are a blessing, and you're carrying a blessing, and you're carrying the love of God in your hearts as a child of God. And we are the solution for the world. We are the hope of the world. We are the light of the world because Christ is in us. So I encourage you to do that in Jesus' name.